everybody. Welcome to That's Life, where I look forward to running the Long Island Half Marathon this weekend, but not looking forward to the predicted 75-degree weather on race day. It's a little too toasty for me as a New Yorker. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nachum's live lunch. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side on this beautiful Thursday where anything can happen, including Mo Rocca standing right next to my car waiting to cross the street. Grand in Essex, folks. It's where anything can happen here on the Lower East Side. Boker Tov to Avrami standing behind the board who got here safely. Good morning, Avrami. Thank you very much. Boker Tov to you and all the listeners. So, uh, how's Baltimore? Um, I think it's on an upswing right now. Things Unbelievable. Things have Things have I've somewhat calmed down, or at least become a little bit more orderly, I think. Um, someone said they might be expecting a little bit more upheaval on Friday after some like news about stuff is announced. I'm not exactly sure having to do with the police officers or something, but I'm right. not there sure. Was, a, report but, uh, came out, a report came out in the Washington Post this morning that, um, and it has not been corroborated yet, but the Post did release um, that the gentleman who had died in police custody, according to another um, another person who was in the back, who was in the same holding, the police holding, and that police holding vehicle witnessed him trying to injure himself um, on uh, on this vehicle, inflicting these injuries upon himself. Again, I was not there, and the Washington Post is reporting this, and and obviously this is going to not uh, quell things, not quash things, but only let things uh, continue to fester, and and hopefully. Even if it does fester, people are able to to um, demonstrate their unhappiness or demonstrate themselves or behave still in what it is appropriate action. Um, just tell me in, in 20 seconds or less. I mean, we had a conversation earlier this week where you said, I don't know that I'm coming in. I mean, you're living under curfew. Right. So um, I think that um, in our... Our right uh, close area. Let me just note, I've never wanted to talk about Baltimore before on the air. Go on. Right in our close area, <laughs> not much is going on. But still, I mean, even there's even when nothing is happening in the city, our area has some crime and whatever. So I guess there was worry that this would spill. I mean, it's not, whatever's happening, it's mostly in the downtown area. And it's very saddening. It's upsetting. And to see it, both what, hap- what started all of this, what prompted this, and what's going on now. And also, there's just this feeling that... Um, you know where is it going to spread to? What's going to happen? How much is is it still going to go on? And uh, and you know, and what can be done about about the causes of these kind of things, or the or what people feel are the right. causes, or what's leading to all this? And on all sides, it's just been uh, very upsetting and very like you're sitting there working or whatever, but like very right. n- in nerves and tense or whatever. So hopefully things will uh, pass in a good way. Uh, soon and and you know people can work together right well there were their own demonstrations here in new york city last night with over 100 arrests made last night continued demonstration expected today a shout out to those people who are voicing their unhappiness in peaceful manners in peaceful manners that is the way to go. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. Folks, it's Bugs Bunny Day. I'm not sure how we're going to celebrate that, but you bet we are. It's also National Honesty Day. Avrami, have you known me yet not to celebrate <laughs> that day 365 days a year? It's funny that you should mention the uh, Bugs Bunny because yeah. I just this week from the library, my kids were asking to see some Looney Tunes. Oh, really? So I took out for them some vintage oh, Looney Tunes, and they're really nice. liking it. Yeah. Do you know what my kids are watching at home? Speaking what? of vintage, <laughs> MASH. 
Oh, nice. That is the, the most abnormal. Heavier, I, <laughs> I mean, they think Hawkeye is the funniest thing in the entire world. It's also a poem in your pocket day, which is really sweet, though I didn't come prepared with that. An international jazz day, something I cannot celebrate any day of the year. I need to give a shout out to Binny Dax and everyone at Votora. Folks, if you have not voted yet, please do so right now. I will not be offended if while listening to me, you know, you just minimize that browser and pull up something else that you can go to Votora. It costs $10. It is honestly just the operating fee. I know that for a fact. Please go to Votora.org and exercise that right to vote. Remember their new motto, it's so easy, even Miriam can do it. Let's quickly... Do the fortune cookie. I know. You can tell Danny's not paying attention because I didn't even get a smile out of that. And you, Rummy, I get a nod. Oh, now Danny heard his name. Now he pipes up. Good morning, Danny. Uh, hold on one second. Here's the fortune. Hopefully it'll be good. Hey, you will share great news with all the people you love. And then you will rub it in the face of the people you don't. No, see, it's honesty day. <laughs> Happy honesty day, everyone. <laughs> no, no, no. That didn't say that. I just, <laughs> I just added that on. Sorry about that. Anyway, Alana Silberg from Sharshara joins us on the phone. You're listening to That's Life. And I thank Alana for joining me. And as always, we try and give Sharshara the support that they absolutely deserve. And especially this weekend in their upcoming annual benefit. It is May 3rd, this Sunday at 1030 a.m. at the Teaneck Marriott at Glen Point. Good morning, Alana. Good morning, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me on. It's totally it a pleasure to oh, be on your show. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. And, and I thank Sharsharet, as always, for everyone, to everyone, for your unbelievable hard work on behalf of all the Jewish community. You can go to Sharsharet.org, everybody, to look at their constant information that they have. Alana, tell me, in your opinion, we, we've made so much progress, but what is still the biggest challenge facing uh, Sharsharet today? Um. I think the biggest challenge that's facing Sharsharet is the fact that people don't necessarily know how much Sharsharet can offer a Jewish woman and her family, and for women facing breast cancer and ovarian cancer, and even women and families that are at increased risk. You know, it used to be that we thought not enough people knew about Sharsharet. That's always in the background. There are always more people that can learn about us, but those that may need us the most don't even realize that Sharsharet is here for them. For example, um, we have a program for caregivers, and very often when a woman is going through cancer, her family has questions, and they're looking to better support the woman that they love, and they don't know that they can call Char Sharon and get support. We have four staff counselors who are ready at the phones, ready on the live chat, ready in email to answer the questions that caregivers have. Char Sharon is the caregiver that their family for the family. So I want people to know that. We wanted people to know that Jershart's here for the women in their lives, but also for the families. And also people don't realize that Jershart's just not just an organization when you're diagnosed, newly diagnosed with breast cancer, but Jershart um, is here for the entire cancer journey before someone is diagnosed, when you're just at risk, through diagnosis, through treatment, and into the survivorship year. So Jershart is here for you and your family every step of the way. I um I had joked, I mean, it, obviously tongue-in-cheek with, with Ellen Kleinhaus before our interview that I thank God, I never wanted to, I never want to need to have, to use it, but I thank God that Sharsharet exists, that is for sure. How early on in the, in the beginning of the organization did you start with Sharsharet? So I actually, Sharsharet was founded in November 2001, and I started volunteering in 2002, so about a year later, and I came on staff 
um, in March 2003. So it's about 12 years ago, and the organization is close to 14 years. So basically since the very beginning. Are you astounded by its growth, or you saw at the beginning just how much potential Sharsharat had to help and just how much help was actually needed by the community? You know, when I first heard about Sharsharat, I guess I was similar to you. I didn't think I needed it. I didn't have breast cancer personally in my family. But when I heard about Sharsharat, and I was a young Jewish woman, I felt compelled to get involved, and I became a volunteer. And I saw the need in the Jewish community. But I don't think at that point, being only two staff members here, that I could have imagined the impact Sharsharat has now for 12 years later. Sharsharat is what we call now at the second stage. We're not a startup organization anymore. Sharsharat is playing in the big field. Sharsharat is partnering with the government, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We're partnering with major cancer centers like Georgetown, Lombardi Comprehensive Cancer Center. Sharsharat's at the table on the Federal Advisory Committee on Breast Cancer and Young Women. We are making a difference in the cancer community, the medical community, and also helping women one at a time. So I don't think coming in and thinking that it was, you know, this is a great chesed organization, it's now become a vital national organization, which is a virtual lifeline to thousands in the Jewish community and sets an example for those in other communities. And the government is using us as an example wow. for other ethnic groups on how to develop culturally relevant resources and education for their community. So I don't think, I mean, I knew it was something that I had to be a part of. I just don't, I couldn't imagine the impact. I mean, today we've impacted more than 50,000 wow. Jewish women, families, healthcare professionals, community leaders. Thank God. Uh, they're reaching out to Sharsharit, and we are now the Jewish response to breast cancer. So I think coming on as a volunteer, I could not imagine the impact. And I, I couldn't be more proud of what Sharsharit does, and the women could not be more grateful. And it's the most rewarding experience that I've had and continues to happen every day. It's really an incredible story. I imagine when you started and you're speaking about its growth. You didn't say, yeah, sure, in 14 years, we'll be able to really address the needs of their caregivers as well. Like you're, you know, it's such a full family kind of approach that initially it was, okay, you know, we, we have to help these women who are being diagnosed. And then it evolves to, well, let's talk about the kids and you have, and you meet the needs of the kids. And let's talk about the caregivers and you, and you come to meet the needs of the caregivers. When you have your lunch, your breakfast this Sunday, how many of those caregivers, how many men, how many grandparents, how many children do you see at this, at this event because it is full family? So we're expecting about 600 people. Um, I would say it's split between women and then the other half are their caregivers. So I'd say about 40% are caregivers and supporters and maybe 60% are women or families. I mean, but at the end of the day, the whole Jewish community is at increased risk for hereditary breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And, you know, working at Sharshara, one of our... Um, one of our imperatives is to educate the community. So I'm even going to take the opportunity now to say that one in 40 Jews of Ashkenazi descent, that's both men and women, um, carry a, a breast cancer gene mutation that greatly increases the risk for hereditary breast cancer and ovarian cancer, and then even some related cancers. In the general population, it's one in 345. So Jewish families are at 10 times greater risk. And I think at the end of the day, everyone in the Jewish community is benefiting from Sharsharat's educational outreach efforts. So coming to that event on Sunday, I think every person in the room is somebody that's benefiting from Sharsharat and is not only a caregiver or a supporter, 
It's someone who's learning about their own health and how they can protect their health. And I think ultimately we're going to save lives. I just heard actually a Professor Carmi, who's an expert in the Ashkenazi genome study, talk about literally the Ashkenazi genome and how it really, really is a very small world. Um, and we we have more of a connection than any one of us could appreciate. So that one in 40 number is not a it's not a trumped up number. It is so real. It is so actual, so tactile that that no one should roll their eyes. No one should say, oh, it's just a generalization. It's not a generalization. I mean, it's in the media all the time. Genetics is the hottest topic, and Sharshard has a program that focuses on genetics. Um, And we are speaking with the research scientists and getting the latest information and talking about messaging to the Jewish community. So Sharshard doesn't offer medical advice or medical referrals. But we educate the community about the risk and the options that are available to them so they can make informed decisions. And I think that's vital, and I think that's why these research centers are turning to Sharshar. They know we have our finger on the pulse of the women and the families in our communities, and they're doing the research. So they're looking to partner with Sharshar. I mean, I think for 2015, it's all about partnerships and not reinventing the wheel of what other people are doing, but coming together to create greater impact, and that's what we're doing. And it's, it's very important, and, you know, every single day that a person learns about their risk or about what they can do to protect their health is, a, is another day of life for someone. Wow. So Sherrod's annual benefit is this Sunday at the Teaneck Marriott in Glen Point. I want to wish a mazel tov to Linda Gerstel and Ed Joyce for the guests of honor. And I want to talk for a second, um, Alyssa Zaga. I hope I pronounced her last name yes, correctly. that is correct. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Alyssa Zaga is the Lisa Altman Volunteer Award recipient, and that is a a coveted award. Lisa Altman was a wonderful, wonderful woman from the five towns who lost um, who, who lost her life to breast cancer a number of years ago. And in her memory, if I'm not mistaken, it was um, it was her family who who started this award. Am I right? Yeah, her family and her community came out, and I think the vision for the luncheon actually originated with Lisa. Lisa was a very active lawyer. Lisa was a brilliant woman and very much a leader in the community and and successful lawyer, and she felt that uh, while she was going through treatment, her mother and her sister and her friends and her community really came out for her, and she came to Sharshard, and she said, I want to make a beautiful luncheon where we take the time to thank our caregivers, where we take the time to thank our family for taking such good care of us. I want it to be beautiful and elegant. I don't want it to be, you know, a haphazard kind of lunch. And we took her, and she was there at the first luncheon, and she was the honorary chair that year, and she she made this happen. And, you know, that year we had about two, 300 people, and now we're looking at 600 people. It's an event that... Every year, we, we owe Hakara Hatov to Lisa for bringing this to our attention, the importance it is for women who can say thank you. You know, people don't ever want to be the takers. You know, at Sharsharet, a lot of the women are deal- struggling and saying, you know, I don't want everyone to do everything for me. I'm so used to the one doing everything. You know, we have yet to have one woman who says, oh, I want everyone to do. I'm a taker. So I think Lisa felt like, how can you, you can't possibly um, repay what they've done for you. Hope you never have to give back what they did for you. But here we can have a beautiful setting where it's about celebrating life and celebrating support. Um, and then and we've taken her cues for the last, we've been doing it for 10 years now. Um, and we're very grateful to Lisa. And we remember her fondly. She was a wonderful person. Yeah. And I think that as we choose volunteers, many of them have some of the strong qualities that, that Lisa had. And so it's a very meaningful day. 
Um, and I know Lisa's family comes, and they're supportive all these years later, and, and we're so grateful for them. Yeah, thank God for the Altmans, really. Thank God for the Altmans, and Yehizrach Baruch. We should only remember Lisa in good times. By the way, those of you who are looking for an event in your area to support Sharsharad, those of you who live in Aventura, shout out to Aventura. There are two events going on this weekend through the Temple Bethel Torah, Beth Torah, sorry, Temple Beth Torah community in Aventura. You can check it out on Sharsharad.org. You can also check out how to reach Sharsharad.org and how to register. I think registration is still open for the benefit, right? Yeah, the phones are ringing. Yeah. Um, Seating is being done right now, so if you want to have your choice of seat, you should call immediately. But we do have walk-in tables last minute. People um, can't keep themselves away, so we have a few extra seats there. But the room is full. It is packed. So if you're thinking of coming, pick up the phone or email us now, and we have people waiting online ready to take your reservations. That's great. And also, obviously, if you can donate to Sharsharet, you and I and everyone who is listening know that Sharsharet helps every single one of us. So go to Sharsharet.org. Give what you can. Trust me. As we used to say when we were kids on Hanukkah, all donations are gratefully accepted. Uh, Milana Silver, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for all your support. You know, Sharsharet wouldn't be here without the tremendous support of your listeners and the community. Um, and we hope that this Sunday will be a strong fundraiser so that we can continue to provide the vital resources and support that we do for so many in the Jewish community. Amen. Amen. Good luck on Sunday. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, we'll be posting on Facebook. So everybody uh, check out the photos of your friends and family. I'm sure you'll know someone there. Is there a hashtag? Um, uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no hashtag. But you know what? Go on Facebook. You can see the pictures. That's it. Excellent. Uh, but it'll be on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We'll have pictures on Instagram. We have pretty active platform. Maybe not so kitschy with the hashtag, but we, <laughs> we have all the photos up. All right. Thanks, Alana. Take care. Good luck. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Paul Lebo is the Director of Development for Leket Israel. He joins us on the phone right now, I assume from Renana. Am I right, Paul? You assume correct. There we go. Also, please don't ask me about hashtags. <laughs> That's fine. But I am going to ask you about what is now going to become my favorite word. A word, I just want to clarify, that is not, is not, was not coined by Leket. But Leket is hosting a construction exhibit in Renana. So let's talk about the word construction, because I have to tell you, I had to read it twice in the press release. Construction, what is that, Paul? Okay, well, to be, to be honest with you, I'd like it if it was our original idea, but it's not. It's actually, Construction is a non-profit that was founded in the U.S. in 1992. And I, the, the aim of Construction is through building of, of very impressive models using food cans and then, diver- then donating those cans to non-profits working with the needy. They're trying to bring about awareness to uh, nutritional insecurity or hunger and through a very imaginative and artistic way. So basically how it works is this. If you can imagine, we've got 70,000 cans from cans of tuna and sardines to baked beans and peas and whatever, and we're going to build 70,000, we're going to build eight big models of different sorts of things that are related to our organization. Unreal. Not using anything that involves holding the construction together, meaning the construction is built, is designed in such a way that, it, that through the physics of it, it holds itself together. There's no, there's no sticking tape. There's no you know, outside sort of construction holding this together. It's self-standing, basically. 
Unbelievable. That is, first of all, the concept is crazy cool in and of the whole physics itself, since I haven't done any math since junior high school. But but beyond that, just the ability to use cans of food to demonstrate and to highlight the importance of of and, and heighten people's awareness to Leckett's mission, to the importance of feeding others, to just how far cans can go, canned food can go. It's really quite an unbelievable concept. Well, it is a, an unbelievable concept, and it's sort of we're trying to address it in a in a in a way that that gets people's imagination going. You know, it's a way to bring people in, make them aware of the organisation, and just see something that is quite amazing. I mean, to think that each model is going to have like something like nine thousand five hundred cans made in a way that, that, that builds these incredible models. I mean, people go into the construction site and see that it's, it's a project that, that takes part in 150 cities throughout the world. I think last year they donated, you know, millions and millions of pounds, five million pounds of food, if I'm not mistaken. Unbelievable. Again, all the cans are donated and then donated on, meaning right. that the cans are donated and eventually get to non-profit organizations working with the needy. People should go to canstruction.com and people uh, to look at the website, understand exactly what Paul is, is explaining. But more than that, they can also look on our app right now. If you look on our app, you will see an image of a watermelon slice. It is a slice right, of... That's, that's one of ours. That's right, one of ours. Right. And that is a Leckett, that is a, a Leckett slice of watermelon made out of cans. How many cans are in that slice of watermelon? Again, you know, it's about, there's nearly 10,000 cans there. 10,000 cans of food used to build a slice of watermelon to highlight and, and, and heighten people's appreciation for food and for giving and for donating. It's, it's, it's quite beautiful. I, ha- I, I have to tell you, when I first saw the image, I was like, well, that's a stri- strange pixelated picture of watermelon until I took a closer look and said, wow. Those are cans. So who donates the cans? Are people coming to the event in Renana and, and bringing cans with them, or that's been done already? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, you know, the cans are donated uh, by and large by, throughout the world by industry, but we actually do have a project going that with anyone coming to Israel from the States or anyone living in Israel in the Renana region, um, if you bring a can along with your kids, we're actually building another model with children using the cans that are donated. So there will be an opportunity to take an active part in building something probably far less sophisticated than what we're what we're building using. I mean, just understand that we've brought in you know Israeli designers, and we've had to. This has all had to be approved by engineers. But the the things we'll be building with the children will be far less sophisticated than this. But it'll be fun for the kids, and it's an opportunity just to see what you can do if you set your mind to it. Really, absolutely. So, people who are in the Renana area or in Israel and want to travel to Renana. From Tuesday, May 5th through Shabbos, May 9th, in cooperation with the Renanimous Municipality at Park Renana, you can see and be part of this unbelievable exhibit where cans of food are used to create art. Right, that's correct. That is, that is really quite amazing. And also, people should just be able to go to the Leket.org website, appreciate what Leket does. I, I, speak, I speak about Leket Israel honestly as much as I can because I am such a huge fan of the organization. But, but, Paul, how long actually have you been with Leket? Well, I've, I've actually been there pretty much uh, since the beginning. I was 
one of the first people employed by Joseph Gitler, the founder. When we started, uh, we were five employees. Now we're 100 employees. I mean, we're providing food now to about 140,000 people a Incredible. week. Incredible. I mean, we've grown quite considerably, and people have to understand that the vast, vast majority of what we're providing is rescued, meaning we're working with 1,000 Israeli food producers, collecting their excess, Instead of it being destroyed, we're making best use of it and giving to the needy people. This has been such an uplifting show, listening to the growth of two organizations and how they are helping the Jewish community and how we can help back and the, the just the extent and the, the, the I, I don't know, I don't know, the, the, the open heart, I don't even know what the right word is, the, it, the magnitude of their great work. Magnitude is definitely a word that comes to mind. Paul, I, I thank you so much for joining me, even on this short notice. Kol HaKavod. Kol Hatzlacha to you in this endeavor. Please do me a favor and send pictures. Um, anything that you... All right, I'll, I'll be nice. Anything that you tag me in, I will, I will take care of. How's that? Okay, thank you. I will work on it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pleasure, Paul. Thanks so much. You've been listening to That's okay, Life here. Cold to. You've been listening to That's Life here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Let's go through the lineup so you know what is coming up, what not to miss. Unbelievable. Sharsharat and Leket. My God, what do I do with my day? It's, it's right, Avrami? It's so humbling. It's so humbling listening to the hard work of these people helping. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Kol Kavod, Sharsharat.org. And Leckett.org. Got to give. Got to give, folks. Got to give. Anyway, uh, Live Lunch starts with Nahum in just a few minutes, continuing with our acapella collection, I should say. And then we will be joined by Doug Sokloff of Kitchen Sink and Shlaimi Eichler of the World of Eichlers. Uh, world of Judaica. Sorry, what's new in the World of Judaica? I am, like, totally mystified by, by the conversation. Stunt Show with Mayor Furtick starts at 1 o'clock. Spin Class with Michael Fragan returns. Featuring Israel Coalition Building with J-Post Lahav Harkov, Jewish insiders Max Newberg could Bridgegate be coming to a close. Newberger, I should say, with Zach Fink and Michael's commentary on Rand Paul in Brooklyn. I love Michael's commentary because it's more of a rant and it's fun to listen to. Uh, an hour of Jewish soul starts with Charlie at 7 o'clock. And then tomorrow morning, of course, we have Nahum hosting Jam in the AM uh, from 6 to 9 in the morning. Malcolm Holine joins at around 7.40 in the morning. Naomi on at 9. Are you starting the music? Is that what I hear in the background? Yeah, I wasn't just imagining things. <laughs> it's that kind of a day. Um, listening to AKA Pella and Yaf Yafisa coming up in the background. Saturday night, 9 p.m. Saturday Night Seagull with a rummy. 10 p.m. Renowned speaker Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson hosts Eternal Flame. 11 p.m. David Lichtenstein Hosts headline Sunday morning. It's JM Sunday from 7 to 9 with Matis. And as I just mentioned, I leave you today with AKA Pella's Yaf Yafisa, a favorite of one of the Wallach boys. That's life, everybody. Kultov. Bye, guys. Hey,